Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 I'm, of course, your host, Mark Nez. And today, I've got quite the smattering of games to talk about, including Viewfinder, Gimmick, Special Edition, Remedium, Sentinels, Defend the Rook, Echo Blade, and Sea Horizon. And I'm just going to get right into it with Viewfinder. And I want to go through and say stuff that I've talked about during the past, which is just giving you the, essentially the Steam description, little paragraph of what they say the game is, and then I'll go into what I think the game is, or what I think of the game. I'll also say that I, I am Mark Kuznez, remember? I said that a little earlier. And you can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces, the site, the YouTubes, the Patreon and Discord, and all that jazz. So much more can be found over at pxsausage.com. That'll get you links to everything and whatnot. Remember to do the plugs at the top of the show. See, see, I'm, I'm getting there, kind of. But we're going to start off with Viewfinder, because that is the big boy of this episode of this week. It's the game that you probably have heard of, unlike the rest of the games. Yeah, I don't think any of the other ones are of particular note. But Viewfinder, according to the Steam description, challenge perception, redefine reality, and reshape the world around you with an instant camera. Viewfinder is a single player. It's a new single player. It's not an old single player. They need to freaking preface that that way. It's a new single player game offering gamers hours of interesting and fun experiences while uncovering the mysteries left behind. So that, that right there tells you nothing about the game, which is a first person puzzle game. That is what Viewfinder is. You'll probably hear many comparisons to Portal, Superliminal, other such games of that nature where it's a a genre, a subgenre of the puzzle genre that I think people are still trying to find a term for. But I'll just say it's a first-person puzzle game. And in this game, you solve puzzles by manipulating your environment through photography and in some cases perspective well in often cases perspective because you're using the photography and perspective to create new pathways or open up new pathways and in some cases there will be instances where you have to position yourself in the correct place to create a new path and you may be saying to yourself right now, what the fuck are you talking about? So Viewfinder is a puzzle game where in order to get to the exit of each level, everything's structured in a very traditional level-based way, you use photography. In the early levels, you're just finding photographs in the environment and then holding them up so that you can place them where you want to. And then you lock them in place. You say, yes, this is where I want this photograph to go. And when you do that, 
The photograph goes from being just a photograph to being part of the environment. So you're transposing it, whatever, on the actual environment. So if there is a gap between you and the exit, and the exit of each level is essentially this teleporter machine that you step on and then you move on to the next level or go back to the various small hub worlds that comprise all the levels. And if there is, for instance, this gap, you may find a photograph of a bridge. You position the photograph so that the bridge is in that space, that gap between the two areas, and say, hey, this is where I want this photograph to go. Then you lock it in place, and boom, it is now part of the environment and no longer just a mere photo. If there is a wall in your way and you have a picture of a doorway, you do the same thing. You position it on the wall, lock it in place, and now you've got a fancy brand new doorway that you can walk through and get to the exit. They will spice things up or they do spice things up pretty quickly by giving you a camera that allows you to take a certain number of photos, which varies between one and five typically or one and six so that you can take photos of various things and use more of your own creativity because in in the early levels it's very very simple very very straightforward there aren't um, a lot of ways of solving these puzzles it's pretty just here's a photograph use it how you would expect move on and and even when you do or when the game opens up and you have the camera and are able to choose what you photograph and how you do things it still is pretty straightforward but it's good for about the first half then they start adding a few new things in the last two areas specifically that I didn't quite jive with. It is a short game. I completed it in about three hours or so. I did maybe half the optional puzzles. And it's 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 hard because I was really it makes a fantastic first impression. Viewfinder makes an incredible first impression especially if you are someone who is artistically inclined, it is incredibly beautiful. It does a lot of things both early on and in the later areas with various artistic styles. This includes a very sketchy style, a style, very sketchy style, painterly. Uh, with photography, you've got monochromatic. You've got sort of sepia tone you, you, they, they do a lot of things with visual styles that is very pleasant to look at and appreciate and early on I said to myself there's no way this isn't going to top portal for me as a puzzler game I, I'm sure this is going to be my favorite first person puzzle game because it is way more artistically focused than portal and portal was very yes puzzle focused but also very personality focused 
But that didn't last because some of the later puzzles, they don't... The game one is very, very easy, which I'm a fan of. I think it is nice to just have a puzzle game that is more pleasant and chill than taxing of one's brain. But at the same time, it would have been nice if there was more room for creativity as it progressed, but it never got to that point. And the way in which it spices the the puzzles up by incorporating blue into a lot of the puzzles, which you cannot photograph, and therefore you can't make copies of it, so you have to find ways of getting around that. It's kind of interesting, but it's also... It, it, it it's not it didn't quite do it for me and what also didn't do it for me is the narrative and all the talking in the game there's a lot of narrative a lot of story and that part of the game at no point engaged me in any way I found it tedious and more distracting than anything else not so much distracting it's just it was there, and I wish it wasn't there. And in the end, the story and all that, when I got to the final area and the final level and I completed the game and got to the final little bit, it was very unsatisfying. It... it it just kind of ended. After I finished the final puzzle and I got to the end area, quote unquote end area, I walked uh, uh, a few feet or so, maybe 10, 20 feet, grabbed something, went through a black doorway, and that ended. Uh, it transitioned me back to, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it just... It's like, oh, that's it? All right. So it's a a tricky thing. I think it's absolutely worth checking out. And the conceit of it, manipulating the world with your photography or with photographs, eventually your photography as you get the camera, it's very, very cool. It's, It's a great tech demo at the very start and it's fun for that first half but I don't think they quite realize the the concept of it to its fullest potential so yeah I'm realizing now as I'm talking about it I don't. How do I feel about this game? What do I actually think of it? Bit of a letdown in the end. I enjoyed it, but I, I went from really, really loving it and expecting myself to say this is my favorite game of the year to being on. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Will it be in my top ten when all is said and done? When the year is over? No. But I enjoyed it. And I think there is some wonderful visual visual spectacle to it. But the puzzles 
the puzzles just eventually started to wear on me. The early puzzles. And I think part of it too is that the early puzzles allowed me to appreciate the art more. They were more simplified, yes, but it allowed me to appreciate what the game was doing with the world manipulation and the photography and all of that. Whereas the later ones were more, let's get funky. Let's get a little weird. And let's start pushing this narrative stuff on you too more. And I just want to be in this chill, this chill place and, and appreciate the artistic nature of it all. Yeah, that's Viewfinder. Then we've got Gimmick Special Edition. This is apparently an old NES game that did not come out in the States, which is why I and probably you don't remember it, but it came out in Japan and I believe it's Scandinavia. And it's uh, one of those fucking cheap bullshit games. I did not realize it was going to be one of these very difficult games. It does have a rewind feature and all that jazz that you expect out of a lot of games that get modern re-releases of, of classic games that get modern re-releases. And the, the character you play is this is little green blob that looks kind of like a very based Kirby enemy or the dudes from Bust to Move and what is the other thing? I always think of Bust to Move, but they were I think they're originally in that other what is it? I don't I don't remember. Who cares? I don't like that other thing. Bust to Move is my game. That is my jazz. But the premise of this is that you're able to conjure up this star out of nothing and then use its physics to reach new heights. It can defeat enemies and you just go around doing a bit of 2D side scrolling platforming. And I don't like it. I don't like it. It is a very speed running centric experience because a lot of it is memorization based. When you do screen set, uh, screen transitions, there are many instances where the second you transition between screens, there'll be an enemy right in front of you or a ledge right in front of you that if you are moving at a regular pace, you'll fall right off and die and so on and so forth. So there are a lot of cases where if you don't know what's on the next screen, there are good chances, uh, there is a good chance, you'll end up dying and that becomes frustrating. The rewind feature helps that as well. But I was playing on a serious mode because I'm a serious gamer and that's the only way to get achievements as well. But also, I, even in cases like this, I don't like the rewind feature. I appreciate its existence. It's great having it there. But outside of, in Viewfinder, for instance, you do have a rewind feature, which you do need because, and it's very nice in Viewfinder because if you place a photograph and you realize it, this didn't work, and maybe you did that 
maybe it's your last photograph out of five and you already set yourself up for everything else and you just kind of screwed up this last one instead of having to completely start over from the very beginning and set up all these puzzle elements you just have to rewind a little bit and fix the last one you screwed up which is nice and you could double tap the rewind feature to immediately jump between photograph points which is a nice thing too but this is gimmick and that type of design that in my opinion very cheap design speed running design is completely valid i'm not saying it's invalid or anything like that it just is not my thing i do not like playing games in that way and i found the whole time the whole experience with the game incredibly annoying i don't know what else there is to say about it if you like classic games and you like cheap games you enjoy that type of challenge you enjoy the challenge of memorization of learning levels and going through them and building up that pattern recognition or not, not even that it's just building up that memory of okay i'm gonna go through this i jump at this point then i jump here i create my star here i do this bit of physics based stuff here jump 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 transition okay i know that this platform's going to pull me along this way and then it's going to try and drop me there's a there's a section early on where you transition and if you go too fast you'll fall off this platform but this platform is this little fucking i don't even know what you would call it uh moving it's a moving platform that when it gets halfway to the halfway point the floor just opens up and you fall through if you don't know that it's going to happen you're probably going to die there. But if you do, you know, okay, at the halfway point, I need to jump. And it's that kind of shit where it's like, I don't like this. I don't like a game that just is like, hey, for no reason other than to fuck you over, we're going to open this thing up halfway through. So until you learn this game and learn everything that happens, you're going to have a lot of instances where you're like, fuck you, game. And so, if you like speed running, check out Gimmick. If you don't, you're probably better off just playing something else. Then we have Remedium Sentinels. Did I even read the gimmick thing? No, I didn't. Gimmick, save the day as a star shooting platform bouncing cutie pie gimmick special edition sunsoft's beloved physics-based action platformer finally burst on the counter and platforms enriched with a rewind feature a time and deck mode online leaderboards and modern extras another fun thing is that there are no there there's no control scheme anywhere to be found within the game's menus they do have the original menu or the, the original manual scanned both the scandinavian and japanese versions because the, the original version was called Gimmick, and the Scandinavian one was called Mr. Gimmick, I believe. However, those are both in their respective languages, and therefore completely useless in terms of trying to know what is going on. Because another frustrating thing about Gimmick is that you have these special power-ups or whatever you, you pick up, 
And these include a bomb, a little vial that I think replenishes your health. I had no idea how the fuck to use them. I knew how to toggle between them, but I pressed all these assortments of buttons together, couldn't get them to fucking do anything. And then during the second boss fight, I accidentally did it a few times. I didn't know how I did it. I tried replicating. I still didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So that kind of stuff annoys me too. That That's some base level thing, uh, base level fucking shit that should be in your game. Give me the fucking controls. I, I cannot understand. I just, I don't understand. I don't know why every game doesn't include the fucking control scheme somewhere in the menu. Just show me what the fucking buttons do. I am perfectly fine with games not including tutorials. They don't need to. Whatever. It's nice if they're there, but I, you know, whatever. You don't want to do that? Fine. There's no manual. Fucking show me the goddamn controls. The fuck's wrong with you? Bullshit. If it's in there, I couldn't fucking find them. Anyway, back to Remedium Sentinels. This is... A... (laughs) What I just realized when I say this is a, and then I go to read the description or the little paragraph off of Steam. That's not how it's going to work. Become a Sentinel and face the plague in roguelite, fast-paced auto shooter set in the same world as Remedium game. This is this is poorly written, but I didn't realize Remedium was a already thing. What is Remedium? Combine items and alchemical alka. <laughs> Alchemical? Is that that word? I, I, I just realized alchemy is something I've seen plenty and read plenty, but alchemical? Is that how you pronounce that? That's weird. I don't like that. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that right. There's no way. Alchemical? Alchemical? Alchemino? Alchemino? Elements to acquire more powerful weapons and create unique builds to defend the plague survivors against the endless hordes of mutants. So this is a game I'm assuming is very much a, a vampire survivors like where you do nothing but move your character with the left analog stick. You're not pressing any other button to do any other thing. The character you're controlling automatically attacks in whatever direction the closest enemy is. You have a certain projectile weapons, melee weapons, other things like mines you can drop if you upgrade them. And the way it works is that you are meant to survive a certain amount of time in each level. And as you defeat enemies, they'll drop little orbs that give you XP. As you build up XP, you'll be able to unlock new modifiers to your character, which can be additional weapons like a turret system on you a wasp drone that will attack enemies for you you'll start dropping mines or have an area of effect blast come out of you a clone that will explode after a certain amount of time increase your movement speed your attack speed attack power so on and so forth with every level up you do 
this is my first game of this nature where you are only moving your character around and they're doing all the rest. The game is doing the rest for you. The only other input you have is, I believe, pushing in or out, or not pushing in, uh, pushing up or down on the right analog stick would zoom in or out very minutely. Not There's not a lot of adjustment to the zoom level. Inherently, I love this type of game because in many ways it reminds me of or it makes me think of a more gamification of the pacifism mode in geometry wars which i loved where which is all about avoiding enemies while not being able to attack so you're just using your movement to get around the environment and survive as long as possible and that's very much what you're doing in games like this, except you have the ability to attack. You just don't have that control. The game is doing all that for you. And as you level up, you're able to increase your attack power or defenses, so on and so forth. Very, very simple, but at the same time, very, very satisfying. However, I'm assuming, based on what little I've seen of the game... And because people are so fond of it, Vampire Survivors is very different from Remedium Sentinels in that I have to... I have to assume that Vampire Survivors is way fucking faster than Remedium Sentinels, which is so gosh darn slow that I wanted to freaking blow my brains out playing this game. It is so boring. You, you move... Because you're controlling golems in this game. So you're, you're controlling these giant metal, iron, mechanized fucking things. So you're, I guess, expected to move slow because you're fucking heavy and big. But it's not fun. It's so fucking boring because you're just so goddamn slow. And so there are, I think, 10... Golems, in, uh, ultimately, when you unlock them all, some of them you unlock by saving them in various levels, or some of you, you purchase with the currency used to buy upgrades, permanent upgrades, for your golems uh, that, that, are, that work across all golems. It's just a base U upgrade. But there are only two varying speed levels for golems. So there's there's one that is like 400 speed and one that's 640 speed. Even the one that's slightly faster still feels fucking slow. And even as you upgrade your movement speed with your XP, if you manage to get there, it still feels very, very slow. And stuff like the weapons you unlock are very fucking slow. The Gatling gun, the machine gun, you're able to attach to your golem. Initially fires at maybe one bullet a second, if that. And it's not until maybe three upgrades in that that thing starts feeling like an actual machine gun and not a single fire musket from the fucking 1800s or some bullshit. So... 
as much as I want to like the game, and I think I can like games like this, this one, Remedium Sentinels, is just too fucking slow to be fun. And I I just don't understand how anyone could enjoy it because it's just so slow. It's so boring. I can't stress that enough. It is so fucking boring. I was bored out of my mind. That's it. It's just so boring. It's so boring. And I'm wondering if this will make me like Vampire Survivors more or less because this is my introduction to these types of games. Hoping for the former. The former was me liking it more, right? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. But Remedy and though is just so, so slow. So slow. And it seems to be pretty light on content compared to something like Vampire Survivors, which I remember seeing it. It seemed like there were a lot more modifiers and ways of getting around. It, another thing is that the golems and their abilities aren't all that fun or interesting either. And the enemies, everything about the game is just very, very dull and generic. There's not a lot of character or personalities of the game. Then we have Defend the Rook, which is a, it's a roguelikes tactics board game. Wait, no. A roguelike tactics board combat combined. What is with these descriptions on Steam? This is a terrible thing that I started. A roguelike tactics board combat combined with tower defense elements. What is that sentence? A roguelike tactics board combat combined with tower defense elements. Defeat the invaded hordes to stay alive and save the land. Enjoy more tactics than a normal TD game combined with the added challenge of building towers and fighting off waves of enemies. So this is basically a tactics game that is situated on a very small board, kind of like Into the Breach. But instead of it being that way it feels more like a traditional tactics game where you're moving around your enemies and then you attack uh, you're moving around your characters attacking enemies as they show up in the various waves while also being able to place down towers in a tower defense type of manner that attack enemies between each round and the first thing i'll say is that on console controlling it with a gamepad it is very very frustrating moving around the space between the various tiles and places it's it's not great and i would highly recommend if you're interested in this game playing on pc where you'll have much better controls with a mouse than using a gamepad because it just it, it you you can make it work but it's not it's nowhere near ideal but the worst thing about it, or, or its more pressing problem, is the fact that there just isn't a lot to it. And what I've played, just I'll get to the structure of the game, but the, the core gameplay is, is very bare bones. There's not a lot of strategy 
to it. You, as you level up your characters in between, because it's built like a roguelite type of setup. You can give them some extra modifiers that may lead to some strategy, but really you're just going around these spaces, attacking enemies, they attack you, and there's not a whole lot to it. There's not a lot to it in terms of your placement or enemy placement. The tower defense stuff is very, very, very light. And the fights can kind of drag on a little bit too long. But I don't know. It just it, it really didn't do a whole lot for me. Visually it's it's okay. But it 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 never made me feel satisfied in terms of any kind of strategy I was using. I kind of feel nothing about it. It's a game I look at and I thought, this is going to be so much my thing. Because I love tactics games. I love board games. This seemed to be scratching so many itches. But it, it, didn't, it didn't end up doing a whole hell of a lot for me. There's just not a lot there. Enemies don't attack you in interesting ways. There's there's not a lot, at least in what I play, there isn't a whole lot of variety in terms of attack types. Or, or So, like, Into the Breach, you have a lot of variation in your, in the ways you can attack, in the ways you can team up and use your your team together combine efforts enemies attack in interesting ways you can use various means to have enemies there's just a lot more strategy to it and there just isn't that in defend the rook in what i've played let's just let's start wrapping this up because i'm i'm losing it we're going to move on with Echo Blade. Venture forth in this puzzle combat dungeon explorer. Blinded and trapped inside a dungeon tower, every sound you make illuminates your path to freedom. Danger looks around every corner. Trap doors, chambers filled with toxic fumes, and halls patrolled by Crusader Kings are only the beginning. So I played this for about an hour. And after an hour or so, it just got pretty tedious it's a very very easy game but it's it's neat because you are blind and so if you don't if you're not moving it's just it's it's all black you can't see anything and as you start moving around the the world is illuminated in a very daredevil type of a way where in your immediate vicinity you'll you'll see echoes of your footsteps and the walls and your environment and enemies will also become illuminated as they're moving around you because they'll be making noise themselves so it has a very cool visual aesthetic in that way and when you look at the base assets you you see that hey 
that those assets, not that great. So how do you make up for having less than stellar assets? You stylize things. So while it also makes for interesting gameplay, it masks visuals that aren't, wouldn't look all that great if you were to be able to, if you were able to see everything. But the, the game itself, you're going around from area to area and there'll be plenty of branching paths. It's just super fucking easy and very repetitive. It, it doesn't change things, uh, change things up all that much. You will start running into traps, yes. Spikes, uh, like these big old log spikes that move back and forth that you have to jump over at times or just avoid. Areas that are filled with toxic gas that you'll want to avoid. There'll be plenty of enemies to attack which are very, very easy to kill. There's, there's no difficulty because they'll come at you and you just you attack them. Then you do a little dash backward, attack them again. Easy peasy. There are plenty of instances where you'll run into prisoners behind bars and then you shoot them with your arrow. You, you shouldn't be shooting with your arrow, but I do it every time because it's funny. The physics can get pretty crazy. The physics can get weird as well in that enemies might be floating at the top of a room and you walk and then you see just some feet dangling at the top of your head and you're like, what the hell is going on? What is that? And then an enemy falls in front of you and you're like, I don't know about this. That's kind of amusing. The thing is, I enjoyed my hour with it, but after an hour, it just got to be too much of the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. And ultimately, it's just like, oh, okay. I... I don't, I don't know what to say about it because it, it, it just isn't there. It's not a whole lot there. They, yeah, eventually there'll be things where you can start moving around blocks in the environment so that you can reach new heights and stuff like that. But really, there just isn't that much there. And it, the combat never changes up. There, there's never any challenge to the enemies you're facing at least in what I played they are just so fucking stupid and easy to deal with the traps are easy to avoid it, it, it just grew more and more dull I enjoyed it it has a nice little visual style to it it makes it stand out somewhat but once you get past all that like, okay. Okay, I see you. Alright, well, I'm gonna move on now. And that's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna move on with Sea Horizon. A roguelike. Everything's a fucking roguelike. Roguelike turn-based RPG. You can explore the world by choosing different characters. Every journey can be unique and legendary, but don't forget that darkness is lurking. Choose your path wisely because every single step is essential. This is... A roguelike where you're going on your various adventures and it's basically gameplay wise a mashup of a deck builder 
and a dice builder. So the way combat works is very deck building centric in, in how you have your cards that you can play in order to attack the enemy in your during your turn and then they do their turn and so on and so on and so forth but instead of having action points of the like you roll your die your dice and depending on what you end up rolling you'll be able to use the the cards you have in your hand or not and the way your you you build your dice up is by the equipment you wear so you'll have a main weapon a secondary weapon or a shield you have your armor and maybe a trinket and these will all have various faces to their respective die and some of them might be more defensive base more attack base and so while you're building your equipment, you, you want to build your deck and your equipment to work well together. So you don't want to build a deck that has a bunch of cards that require faces that die faces that you don't have a lot of in your equipment because then you won't be able to use your cards and you'll, you'll end up screwing yourself, which is a very important thing to, to remember and to work with. So you want to have these two things work well together so that you can do the most during your turns. And it's a cool system. I like it. The roguelite element to it all in going on these runs is also pretty nice. And the thing about this game that I think will be very nice for a lot of players is that it, and this could also be a turnoff for some, is that it is a very, very, very user-friendly, accessible, forgiving roguelite in that it's not really a fucking roguelike. It is, I guess, technically, except when you lose in a battle, you can continue. You can, you can return to just before that battle to try again. And you could do this as many times as you want. So there isn't exactly a penalty I, you you can't go back further and maybe get a bit more extra health here or there but you can go back to just before that battle where you died and fucking what the hell did I click I open up fucking whoa, Microsoft Edge but that 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 is a very nice thing for those who don't like the idea of having to start over from the very beginning upon death. You, you, you can choose to just say, okay, uh, I, I don't like where this run is going. I'm going to start over. I died. Or you, but you can also say, I, I think I can, I can keep going. I, I screwed up that battle. Maybe the Luxus wasn't there. Maybe my equipment and the cards I have in my deck currently don't work well together because you can only have five cards in your hand, I, I believe, or in your deck active. So you will have plenty that are just 
waiting to either be added or removed or changed as you decide to adjust your equipment, change your equipment, and so on and so forth. There's a lot there. And you have a a fair amount of characters that you can unlock over time and whatnot. I've only played a little bit of it, though. Uh, I've done a few little short runs, but I'm looking forward to playing more. There, there's definitely something there, and it's one of the more enjoyable games I've played in the past week or so. But that's enough of that. I've, I've, I've run out of steam as I've been reading all these steam descriptions. And of course, with all these games, you can watch my little quick look, essentially, over on the YouTubes. That's youtube.com slash sausage, And get my more immediate thoughts on them. It's a much better way of getting an idea of these games, too. So check those out if you're interested in anything talked about on this here episode. But that is going to do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again... I am Mark Nunez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Of course, as I said at the top of the show, the site, the YouTube, the Patreon, the Discord, and everything else you could possibly want a link to can be found over at PXSausage.com. That is PXSausage.com. And yeah, that's, that's going to do it. As always... Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a fantastic weekend. But for now, adios of Rivaderci. Bye!